0: The Gospel according to John the eighth chapter. Glory to, to you O Lord. Lord. Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you continue in my word you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. They answered him, we are descendants of Abraham and have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean by saying you will be made free? Jesus answered them, very truly, I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not have a permanent place in the household. The son has a place there forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. The word of the Lord. Thanks 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 be to God. There are two specific reasons why I tell my family, I love you every single day, sometimes multiple times during the day, specifically when they leave for school or work or when they drive away on their own or when they text goodnight. The first reason is obvious. It is true. I do indeed love them. The second reason is somewhat more elusive and that reason is I don't want them to forget. On the surface this might seem ridiculous after all how can a person forget love from one day to the next yet when I was a child love looked differently being raised in a home with unmanaged mental illness specifically a manic depression one day love felt warm and safe. But the next day love could be conditional and even violent. At a young age I learned that love today does not necessarily guarantee love tomorrow. Today I remind my sons and my husband of my love for them every day so that they do not forget. I want them to have no doubt that yesterday's love transfers to today. There is a similar pattern in the Bible when in the Psalms specifically and in so many other passages, God reminds God's people of God's love and deliverance throughout history so that they do not forget it. God wants the people to know that yesterday's love is still alive today, because such love can be easily forgotten. Bondage and captivity, are reality is much more easily comprehended. It is far easier to imagine a life enslaved to the church, for example, as in Martin Luther's time when the church did a masterful job of terrifying its members into submission, the effects of which we are still largely undoing today. We can easily imagine being enslaved to a world besieged by disease, where so many freedoms, freedoms of unmasked faces, of public gatherings, of social interactions seem long ago and distant. Some can point to harmful relationships where power is unbalanced, where one human submits to the other and dignity is lost. It is true. We must be reminded of love when, lo- when love comes so that we do not forget, because it is far easier to live in fear than it is to live in freedom. In fact, fear and bondage are so deeply enmeshed in our souls, we sometimes don't even notice them. The proclamation by the Jewish people in our Gospel from John sounds ridiculous. The Jewish people declaring that they have never been enslaved to anyone, how could they forget? It is ludicrous. Everyone knows about the Jewish captivity and slavery which led to Moses and the dramatic exodus out of Egypt. Why then would they insist that they of all people have never been slaves to anyone? Because it is so close to them, so intricately woven into their memory, they don't even see it Sometimes acknowledging captivity is so painful that we hide in denial because it's easier. It's far easier to point to other people's captivity and bondage, but to acknowledge one's own, well, that's another thing entirely. I would much rather point out and discuss your captivity to sin than my own. In the meantime, I will deny and protest as the Jews did in our Gospel from John. We often fail to see that which afflicts us most deeply, which is why the Church and the world needed and continues to need Martin Luther to call out bondage right under the Church's nose and to remind it of love that it had long since forgotten. Why had love in the medieval Church been replaced with fear, with purgatory? With indulgences because the church had forgotten that it was a mouthpiece of grace and had grown so accustomed to its enslavement to greed and power that it didn't even see it. The Jewish people in today's gospel aren't joking and they're not mocking Jesus. They have honestly forgotten that they are slaves because they live knee-deep in it. Yes, Moses led them away from Pharaoh, and yes, scripture reminds them over and over again of God's faithfulness and deliverance, but still the human desire is to protest that which accuses most. What? Us? Slaves? Never. Sinful? Never. Broken? Never. Denial. Denying sin does not make it go away, instead it makes it master of the heart, because the heart must hold constant vigil to keep it at bay. Enter love. Enter God's love. Enter unconditional love. Over and over again in Scripture, the psalmists or the evangelists or the prophets, identify God as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This calls to mind a love and a deliverance across the generations from long ago, an ancient covenant that still holds fast. God knows that God's people need to constantly be reminded of love and deliverance in the past so that they can be assured of God's love and deliverance today and tomorrow. Even though we protest and deny our brokenness and our captivity to sin, we don't need to be convinced that we are broken people. The law need only be whispered, never shouted, because deep down we believe it. It's why the church was able to convince people to pay money for freedom from hell, because people didn't really believe they deserved freedom from hell and death in the first place. The hardest thing for the brain and the heart to accept is the reality of unearned love. This is why the Reformation remains so important, not as an annual opportunity to throw stones at the Catholic Church, but as an annual reminder of the freedom in which we live, but do not yet fully grasp. Every day. You know this as well as I. We battle the reality of captivity and bondage. Every day, we combat forces of injustice and corruption. And every day, our hearts grow a little bit more weary of the same struggles until finally, we hide in denial. For example, there is no climate change. The coronavirus is a hoax. Trump really isn't that bad. Many live in all kinds of denial. It's been so long since we've experienced freedom. We have forgotten what it tastes like, what it looks like, what it feels like. So God gives us communion and the Word to remind us daily of what freedom looks like, tastes like, and feels like. God's love looks like Jesus dying on the cross in order to free us and all people from sin and death. God's love looks like an empty tomb where death no longer dwells. God's love looks like body and blood broken and poured out for you, so that when you sink into despair, or shield yourself with protests and denial, you might taste freedom and be reminded that God's unearned love for you is real. Over and over again, God says, I love you. And never wearies of reminding us, not because we don't know it, but because we forget it from day to day. As awkward as communion or church are in pandemic times, despite the masks and social distancing and an empty sanctuary and a virtual congregation, we still participate in worship and a feast that we crave now more than ever. While the world calls us to be slaves to fear, God instead calls us to freedom and love. Amen.